me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. What up and welcome to the Mean Joe Grizzly podcast. I'm your host Mean Joe Grizzly and with the Texas Chainsaw Master sequel sawing its way into your homes on Netflix this week, it is the perfect time to bring all of y'all up to date on what you need to know before y'all see it. Now, the good news is just like Halloween 2018 and Candyman 2021, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 is a direct sequel to the original that ignores all sequels and takes place 50 years after the events of the first film. So, in order to recap Toby Hooper's classic, we will be dusting off the old VCR and popping in a VHS tape for a retro review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in my new segment I'd like to call Mean Joe Video. which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths in particular sally hardesty and her invalid brother franklin it is all the more tragic in that they were young but had they lived very very long lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day for them an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare the events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I want to be completely upfront with y'all. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not my favorite, nor is it one of my favorites. I like it and I respect it and what it's done for the horror genre, but if I had to choose between Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween, for example, I would absolutely pick Halloween 99% of the time. Uh, the, the first time I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre was years ago, and I guess I just didn't get it. But throughout time, I rewatched it several times over the years, and I started doing some research out of curiosity and I learned that the Texas Chainsaw Master is way more than meets the eye. In fact, the Texas Chainsaw Master is a direct reflection of post-Vietnam America. With the fallout of losing the war, war's effect on the psyche of Americans, who at the time were de also dealing with the effects and repercussions of Watergate, 
uh, a gas shortage and all these changes to industry and manufacturing jobs that would ultimately lead to loss of American jobs or them being replaced by automation or different work practices. All of this is reflected in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And these themes are social issues that were instilled into it by the director, Toby Hooper. Hooper, who previously was mainly a director of docu documentary style films, brought that style of filmmaking to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, making it as if the audience were watching a snuff film, like they were there in person, not supposed to be there, but they were there witnessing all these horrendous acts of violence and kind of making it seem like it's, this was a true story. And that feeling was somewhat falsely reinforced by the opening credits that made it feel like you were watching a special news report or a 60 Minutes episode. That, along with the excellent work by cinematographer Daniel Pearl, gave us a movie that is truly unique to this day. This, of course, gave further reinforcement that the events of the film were true, and it turned out that rumors would begin to spread. Audiences and critics alike would deem this the most violent film ever made, and that's just not true, guys. <laughs> it's It's got that reputation, but all the violence is implied, and that kind of makes it a little bit more effective and a little bit more terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, the story is very relatable in the sense that this could happen to you, and also that would add to the realism as well. Uh, I, I want to clarify though, before we move any further, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't a pure slasher film, but instead it's what we would call a proto-slasher or a prototype slasher because it predates the slasher genre and it lays the groundwork alongside with other proto-slashers like Psycho, Bay of Blood, Black Christmas, and of course, Halloween. But I want to get on to the story. So, let's jump into it. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre tells the story of Sally Hardesty and her brother, Franklin, who is a paraplegic, both played by Marilyn Burns and Paul Partain, and their friends, Jerry Kirk and Pam, played by Alan Danziger, William Vale and Terry McMillan, and they're on a road trip to go visit Sally and Franklin's grandfather's grave after they hear a news report of there being grave robbing and desecration in the cemetery he's buried in. So shortly after they arrive, they leave there and decide they're gonna to go to visit their old family home. But along the way, they make a grave mistake. They pick up the hitchhiker, played by Edwin Neal, and this is when the insanity of the movie begins. And the hitchhiker starts talking about how him and his family worked at the slaughterhouse and how the 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 air gun that they use now is not the right way. The right way is to kill them with a sledgehammer, hit them a few times and watch them suffer. Like just real deranged stuff. And he ends up taking Franklin's pocket knife and cutting himself with it. 
and then he pulls out a Polaroid camera and takes a picture of, of Franklin and the group and then demands $10 for it. And of course, Franklin and the group refuse to pay. So the hitchhiker pulls out a straight razor and cuts Franklin across his forearm. So this finally forces the group to push him out and speed away to the nearest gas station to get away from the guy so that they can refuel. Well, when they get there, they find out that the gas station is out of gas. And this is where we are introduced to the proprietor, played by Jim Shido. And he informs the group that they've been out of gas for a while. So the group move on and they go to the family home. And this is where you find out, this is a little side note, this is where you find out who one of the most annoying horror characters in the history of horror movies is, and that is Franklin. And you want to feel for the guy, the guy's a paraplegic and everything, and he's kind of always getting left out while everybody's moving on. Franklin can't go up there because Franklin's in a wheelchair and it's sad, but Franklin is so freaking whiny. <laughs> he is the whiniest character in all of horror. I, I would actually put money on it. He is, just to give you a, just to give you a, a modern example everyone hates the Babadook because of the kid and the Babadook Franklin was the Babadook kid before the Babadook if that makes any sense so he's kind of hard to deal with sometimes so Kirk and Pam decide that they're going to go skinny dipping on the outskirts of the property in the family watering hole but when they get there they find that it's dried up but they notice a house off in the distance so they head in that direction because that's a smart thing to do. <laughs> so they head to this house and they're, of course, in search of gas. And what does Kurt do? Kurt walks inside the house without any permission or anything. He just goes right in the house. And this is where he meets Leatherface. And if you do not know who Leatherface is, if you're a horror fan, even if you haven't seen any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, you know who Leatherface is. He's the big hulking guy, doesn't doesn't really talk, just makes noises and grunts, and has a human face that he is wearing for a mask. And this version of Leatherface is played by Gunnar Hansen, and he's considered to be the, the best Leatherface there ever was. So he kills Kurt with a mallet, and then drags his body into the basement, and he slams the shutter door behind him. And that moment, to me, that is the defining moment of the movie where that's when all bets are off. Yeah, the hitchhiker was creepy, but now everything's gonna be grim and bleak. And pretty much from here on out, that's where it goes because this begins the slow dismantling of the group with Pam entering the house next where she discovers furniture and fixtures in the house that are made out of human skeletons which just points directly at cannibalism and then she's scooped up by Leatherface before she can escape and she's hung on a meat hook and that is one of the moments that I was talking about earlier about oh this is one of the most violent movies ever made this moment in particular is one of the moments that a lot of critics and audience members always point to and say, yeah, I seen the meat hook. It just, it comes, she, she gets dropped on the meat hook and it comes out of her chest. That never happens. It's, she gets put on the meat hook and it's all implied that they, it never shows any of it. So she's now dead. So what happens? 
Jerry decides he's gonna go in the house. So he leaves Sally and Franklin alone at the at the van and he ventures into the house where he finds Sally in a freezer, freezing to death and pretty much dead. And that's the last we see of her. So she's, I'm just gonna say that she's dead. <laughs> and then he turns around only to find Leatherface there with the same mallet that killed Kirk and he gets his skull caved in by, by Leatherface. So now Franklin and Sally are alone and the night is starting to creep in. So the two head into the woods where they're trying to find their friends and then they're set upon by Leatherface wielding the signature chainsaw and he buries that chainsaw right into the chest of Franklin and that's probably the most violent the most one of the most violent parts of the movie where you don't see the chainsaw enter enter Franklin's chest but you see him pointing it and moving it in and out of his chest cavity from from the perspective of you're standing behind Franklin and you can't really see it going in, but there's just a little blood splatter there, but it's still not very violent. Uh, it's very toned down. And of course, Sally runs away and she's being chased by Leatherface through the woods and then she ends up going through the house. They chase her through the house. She comes back out into the woods and ends up at the gas station where the proprietor lets her in giving her this false sense of security and then eventually takes her hostage and reveals that he's part of the family and then we get to this infamous dinner table scene this scene is probably the most famous scene of the movie and and one of the most famous scenes in horror honestly where leatherface the hitchhiker and the proprietor are all revealed that they're brothers and they tie up gag and start tormenting sally and they even bring in grandpa it's this really ancient looking old man played by john dugan to kill sally because according to the hitchhiker grandpa's the best at killing so they give him a hammer and he can barely lift it he's so old so they assist him in hitting sally in the head and during this moment of chaos sally manages to escape and running out of the dining room and she actually jumps through a window and I think she jumps through the window twice throughout the movie. The first chase scene I think she jumps out of a window and then the second chase scene she jumps out of a window and she runs down the driveway trying to get to the highway while the hitchhiker is chasing right behind her slashing her back with his straight razor and once she gets to the road it seems like fate just intervenes as a semi truck comes down the road right at the right time and hits and runs the hitchhiker slap over. That scene was kind of violent, but again, pretty tame. Uh, but there goes the hitchhiker, he is dead. And then you realize that Leatherface is still in pursuit. So the truck driver gets out cause he's like, oh shit, I just hit somebody. And then he sees Sally and Leatherface and just takes off running. Uh, they jump in the truck and trying to get away from Leatherface. And instead of driving away, they go out the other side and Leatherface just runs around and keeps chasing them. So eventually the truck driver, he has a monkey wrench in his hand. So he just turns around, he just throws the shit out of this monkey wrench and hits Leatherface in his head, knocking him down and causing him to cut his own leg with his chainsaw. This gives both of them the opportunity to run away and we don't see the truck driver ever again. He's gone. He just that's the last you see of him. I guess he just ran until he couldn't run anymore, and I would have done the same thing. 
Sally, on the other hand, she manages to flag down a pickup truck driver and jump in the back. And with Leatherface having that wound and it slowing him down, Sally's able to make her escape and she manages to survive. And the movie ends with Leatherface dancing around like a madman with his chainsaw just swinging it around and around and the movie cuts to black so pretty bleak ending but nevertheless an ending and i could sit back and i could say a lot about the texas chainsaw massacre and and as i stated before even though it's not my favorite its impact on the horror genre and its role in the foundation that would become the slasher genre are undeniable. Uh, it, it's a film that will be studied for years to come and it's definitely a must watch for horror fans. So with all that being said, I give Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 a 4.5 out of 5 and it is grizzly grade guaranteed. And with that, we will be bringing this episode to an end. Thank you all so much for your continued support and patience. I want to give credit where credit is due. And the music in the background of this episode is by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check him out. Guy's music is amazing. And I also want to talk about the music for my intro and my outro. It is a group called Zombie Hyperdrive. Check them out as well. Both have amazing music. And from here on out I'm going to try to release at least two times a month and sometimes more and I understand that my schedule and the way I release videos is very sporadic and again I have a pretty demanding day job so I do this as much as I possibly can so I'm going to try to release every Monday at least two times a month sometimes I'll release more but I'm going to try to give you no less than two episodes a month. Uh, we got a lot of awesome stuff coming up soon. Uh, there is so much good content coming out. But until then, remember, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs>